The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to check out our new Discord server. It's the perfect place to interact and sweat out your bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Discord. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to another action-packed episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 179. I'm going to send that out to uh, someone from the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, our Discord channel. Make sure you go in there. This one's going on to Searching for Profit, who uh, looks like he had a very uh, good night with the picks last night. Um, most of us DeGens in there did not have a good night, um, at least Speak for myself, I did not have a good night with the picks. Uh, I would be the one and only Jeff Chalks Fox. Um, I hit all my chalky. I hit the only picks I hit were the were the chalky ones. I did not hit any of my underdogs, so I guess I lived up to my my nickname there. Um, one man who did not hit much of anything picks uh, either side of of the ledger, plus or minus uh, minus picks, dogs or favorites. Um, yet he's still known as the Gumby God. It's the one and only Daniel Vreeland. Hello. What's up? I, I'm going to send, uh, I, I know you're the one who gets to, to decide who we shout out to, but shout out to, to Scott T. Holmes, too, who uh, who joined our Discord this week. Yes, the new week. person, or, yes. Yeah, yeah, we always want to, I want to shout out the new people, and he he's making massive parlays, so exactly the kind of DJN uh, you want in the Fight Channel exactly. one. Exactly. Mass, massive parlays. And yes, exactly. uh, I usually try to put a positive spin on this, but I had a lot of people uh let 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 me down although i will say this too like two of my dog picks two of the dog picks i was the most comfortable with um actually uh were winning their fights or at least i think were winning their fights until they took weird body tkos uh yes it was a night of body tkos yeah yeah it was it was there were two body tkos on guys who uh were at the very least even in their fights and looked like they had a good shot at winning um, so yep. that, that was kind of a letdown because that, that would have completely turned my night around. And also I was positive in, in recommended plays again. He was, I was going to say, I got back up. I think it was, I think it was like plus five bucks, but you know, yep. he squeaked by <laughs> a win is a win. Um, especially when you're losing on, on every other aspect of your picks. So, um, <laughs> but we probably should jump right into this epic mammoth event. Any, uh, after I tell you about our friends over at WinBet, of course, uh, make sure you get down on wins at bet $50, win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. And if you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. The reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. And if you listen to this on Sunday, I think there's still time for this. The ultimate fantasy football experience, bet $500 or more on sports casino before July 31st. I think it, that includes July 31st, so you should be able to do it today if you listen to us right when we drop this. Uh, you can get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. That would make you a legend. Uh, multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. 
That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-Bet. To claim your free bets today, offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I already told you about our Discord. Make sure you get over to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's where all the cool kids hang out now. We have lots of fun in there. Um, and when you are online doing all that, make sure you are using IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes it virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like 89 months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com SGP. Something that did vanish last night was some of my profits uh, on the year, at least in terms of picking every fight. Um, I'm still I'm still up in the positives though. So let's let's uh let's dive into UFC 277, which went down in the from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Uh, you can get the attendance, the gate, fighter payouts, all that stuff on my MMA state moneymma.substack.com. There, cheap plug. I worked it in seamlessly. All right, main event: Amanda Nunez, as we hoped and predicted, beat the pisses down. We like to say out of Juliana Pena. Uh, unanimous decision 5045 5044 5043 we had Nunez at minus 290 sadly the number was was quite high despite her losing her last fight um to to the very same person uh it seems like the consensus is and i, I tend to agree with it uh Nun- yes Nunez won but um main takeaways is she's still fought pretty dumb and Juliana Peña is pretty terrible so I, I don't think she fought dumb. Like in and I've seen I've seen a lot of takes that I think are heavily guided by Joe Rogan's and and listen, I'm not one of the people who talks constantly about how terrible Joe Rogan's commentary has gotten in the last five years. But it was it was downright awful uh for this main event. Because like if you know anything about jujitsu, if you, you've like practiced jujitsu before, and I don't mean to like knock people who haven't, like if you haven't to the naked eye and you listen to the commentary, that's fine. None of her submissions were close. I mean, there was like one. Oh, yes, they were, Dan. No, 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 no. There was she one... had it. She had no. it. And and the, <laughs> the funniest thing, too, is that like he, he kept calling out those omoplata attempts. Yeah. And like I, I am positive. I wasn't positive after the first one. But after like numbers three or two through seven, Nunez knew she was going to go to that and just used it as a way to pass. She was almost like baiting Juliana Pena so that she could pass the half guard or pass the side control. And it worked fucking every time. Like it, the the one armbar where uh, Amanda Nunez had to step over the head was like kind of almost uh, uh that that was enough that like a, a commentator could yell and not look like an asshole but like all of the other submission attempts were not close so like 
I know every single time people were like, oh, it's so stupid for her to go to the ground. That's where Pena is the most dangerous. It is where she's the most dangerous, but she wasn't dangerous. Uh, I, I thought Nunez fought a very smart fight. I think she looked great. Um, Dana White said at the post-fight press conference that Juliana Pena is headed off to get plastic surgery because her face is so fucked up. Like, th- that is a that was a great showing by Amanda Nunez. And I will say this, too. Her counter, her counter left hand, was it the left hand that she was hitting? From the, the left-handed, uh, or no, it was the right over the top because she was in the lefty stance for some weird reason. Um, yeah, where she was just, pitching. yeah, and she was just popping uh, Pena with that punch. Like, dude, she made great adjustments. She floored Pena, what, three times? Uh, in, in one that, round. In one <laughs> round. And, and then again, another round, four times, I think she had for knockdowns. I mean, she got a 50-43. Like to to say she fought a dumb fight at fifty forty three, I think is just crazy. Um, like I I think she she put on the performance that I expected. I also said you know like up front to take the over. I was all about uh this fight being you know my I think I even wrote it into that props article that went up on SGPN about like take the over because women's rematches and title fights tend to go over. Uh, and, and like not only did it go over, it went all the way to decision. So. It, it panned out exactly like I thought, but I reject the notion that it was uh, dumb game planning. And I'll also say this. I keep seeing the hot take out there that, like, this is one of the best women's fights of all time. This was a fucking savage beating. Like, it was, <laughs> this was not a yeah. good fight. Like, and, and again, yeah. I think some of that is that if you think that Juliana Pena's submission attempts were close, it does look like a back and forth fight. They weren't. They were never close. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm really fed up with that. You know, yeah, I'm fired up about people thinking Pena had any kind of decent moves in this fight because she looked bad. She she got demolished in every second of this fight. Um, I saw somebody posted on Twitter. I can't even remember the user, but I just had to like close the app. Wrote like that fight was just like Volkanovski versus Ortega. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I like, I was like halfway through writing a response. And then I was like, I got to close this app. Yeah. I can't argue honest. with somebody who, I can't argue with somebody who, who actually believes that because like or- Ortega, great submission attacks actually had, you know, like Volkanovsky making gurgling sounds, Juliana Pena, one half acid arm bar and nothing else. Um, but, but props for Nunez in the, you want to know what the best part of this fight is though? What? The best part of this that? fight is nobody is calling for the trilogy. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah, it's something that um, I think hit me last night, and when you were talking about the uh, commentators, hit me, uh, reminded me again. Uh, UFC color commentators are basically casual, uh, casual fans, especially oh, Joe, man. especially Joe Rogan at this point. Um, yeah, like the, it, the way they talk about fights, the way the Rogan was in Cormier not as much last night but Rogan was still talking about well she got to take down that round so she probably won that round like she there's still like rooted in that in those old mentalities which which has not been the case uh in scoring for for years already well and I'll also say this about Rogan too and, and this is the part that bothers me about him and again I'm I'm not one of those people who just like hate on his performance every single time because like I, I do think he's he's really fallen off but the biggest problem and why he's fallen off is that he goes into a fight with a narrative yeah and then and then he makes the fight match that narrative no matter what you know what I mean like even if it's clearly not happening he like you know like he goes into the fight being like this guy's gonna tire out and even when he's not tired he talks about how the guy's tiring out or, yeah. in th- or in this fight, he wanted Juliana Pena to have some massive jujitsu advantage. 
And she didn't. She didn't have a massive jujitsu advantage. In fact, she was out of her her element on the mat with with Amanda Nunes. So like, but he continued to talk about how good her jujitsu was going, and it was going terribly. Um, she got her head split open like a cantaloupe. Like, <laughs> yep. And then uh, uh, the other thing that got me was in the prelims when Cormier was um, shocked that that someone um, knew enough about a prelim fight to, to bet a whole bunch of money on it. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, that's going literally on your like, job. Man. It's know, literally like, your you, job to do that. <laughs> you're a, you're a casual, basically. Um, like any most of the people in our uh, SG Discord. <laughs> Discard w- would be way better at, at uh, color commentary than, than anyone UFC uh, rolls out, well, and, especially and I just, roll up for the, for the pay-per-view. And, 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 and if they're not better at, at color commentary, they at least have more knowledge about these premium yeah. fights. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like, and that's, that was crazy because it's like, how could you know enough about, about, uh, it was, <laughs> Jocelyn it was Edwards, Justin I think Edwards. It was, it yeah. was Justin Edwards who has been in the UFC since since 2021 january of 2021 now that was her fifth fight that was her fifth fight in the ufc and (laughs) she was in lfa before that which is basically on i mean it's basically a ufc property at this point in time so like you could have seen her fight there too (laughs) you you probably could have seen close to what 10 of her fights maybe by this point if if you if it was your job to actually uh know about the these people like the color commentator's job is supposed to be to know about these people and, and they hardly give Anik any time to talk to which is the one that actually knows stuff so anyhow. yeah did you, he, he shared a whole bunch of his like note cards prior to the fight and i was like show me rogan's yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. and yeah this isn't a dumping on the uh, commentators um podcast even though it could be um it's just that those things uh jumped out at me so um the part I I, I would have uh, preferred Nunez just to stay standing. Like every time she knocked her down, immediately back off, tell her to stand up, um, instead of like kind of kicking her and giving her time to uh, recover. Her time to recover. That's I know I'm not a fighter. I've never been a fighter, but that's that's a, a pet peeve of mine. How fighters either they rush in after they hurt someone, they rush in and get themselves clinched, or they'll like play. Um, play footsies with the person while they're on the ground instead of telling them to get back up they probably can't even stand up a lot of these people yeah um they're only able to stand up because you've you know kicked their legs for for a few a few seconds and let them uh, regain their senses but anyhow uh i wish nunez had just get, kept working on the feet and she probably could have knocked her out i think instead of going to the ground and giving her the slight uh slight chance that, that she may have had a uh, pulling off a, a hail mary submission yeah, I, I think I would have liked to see her back away right away. It probably would have been yep. more demoralizing to to yeah to for sure because there's one more narrative before we move on from this fight that like they were all over that like Juliana Pena has a better mindset than than Amanda Nunes. <laughs> have you heard some of the things she says? <laughs> I'm, oh my god! And you don't even watch The Ultimate Fighter? No, like, I don't. My wife like just shares all of the like cliche ass things that Juliana Pena says to her fighters in between rounds on The Ultimate Fighter, and yes. she was saying them at Juliana Pena while we were watching the fight. And his wife, you have there. It was so funny. Uh, Juliana Pena always says to her one of her fighters when they get cracked in a round with. And they get back to their corner. You are in the thick of it, my friend. And it's like the cheesiest fucking line. And so like my wife, just every round, you are in the thick of it, my friend, to Juliana Pena. And it was so good. <laughs> Mrs. 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 Gumby's got to be fun to watch fights with for sure. Um, so what's next for Amanda Nunez? It, it's, it really does sound like the UFC. Uh, I think it was the, the journalist, Matthew Wells, who works for, for junkie uh 
I, I think he's he asked Dana White how he felt about uh, Valentina Shevchenko getting a third crack at her. Um, and he seemed not opposed to it. Um, nobody seems to be suggesting Juliana Pena for a third time, which I really, 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 really appreciate because uh, we don't we don't need to see that again. It's going to look like the second one, not the first one. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't mind her against Valentina Shevchenko while we wait for Shevchenko to find a a challenger, you know, which might be. Manal Firo if she gets past Caitlin Chokagian. Um, and that fight got delayed a little bit. I think it's in Abu Dhabi now instead of France. Um, because one of them needed more time. I can't remember which one. But so yeah, like I don't mind that. Um Ketlin Vieta is coming off of a win over Holly Holm. Uh she wouldn't be the worst option. But yeah, like I I don't know, just a new challenger. You forgot about Featherweight, Dan. We have a whole division that, that she, she rules over that she hasn't defended her belt in, in ages. Uh, D- Danielle Wolf. One in 1-0 Danielle Wolf. That sounds good. And, and if, if you want to see why we're happy Juliana Pena is not going to get another shot, uh, just go to the SGPN MMA Twitter account, and Gumby put up a very nice video of her. Like, flailing, <laughs> like, like that, like it was a, a school kid fight that, that you, uh, that you see on, on YouTube or something. So it looks way worse. And then she than, got immediately got dropped. <laughs> it looks way worse than like, I would say 99% of the people in the discord channel, probably shadow box. Yeah. I, I, I give all of them better shadow boxing than whatever she was doing in that one, in that one sequence. I'm not saying she's that bad, but like in that yeah. one sequence. Uh, well, we were, we were bad in our next fight. We whiffed on a, a Underdog, Kai Kara France, what we were hoping he had a shot, but Brandon Moreno is still a world, world beater, apparently. Um, at least he showed he was last night. TKO, body kick and punches, shut Kai Kara France down with a kick to the liver, followed up with some punches. Round three, four, 34 into the round. I, I think the main takeaway here is Brandon Moreno is not, has not been damaged from uh, his trilogy with uh, Davison Figueredo. He's still, uh, if not uh, the best flyweight, uh, the second best flyweight in the world. I have a question. So, first of all, yes. did you happen to see the judges' scorecards on this one? Uh, I saw you post them, yeah, and they were all over the board. Yeah, somebody had two rounds for Fran- Car France. No, it was yeah. a, it was a draw, wasn't it? It would no, it would have been it, like it was. There was a twenty eighteen, an eighteen twenty, and a nineteen nineteen. So literally all different combinations. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, so every, yeah, every every judge had it in a different different realm at the time. Um. I would say this. Here's my second question about this fight. Did Brandon Moreno look leaner than he usually does? Mm, I didn't notice. I, I know I, you like checking out guys' bodies. I, I didn't notice. I, I, I do. I do. But, like, I, I thought when he came out, I was like, he looks, like, wirier than he usually does. And, and I could be wrong, but I almost wonder if he is doing something working. Because he, he works with James Krause now. He doesn't yes. train in Mexico anymore. And uh, I almost wonder if he made a conscious decision to be faster. Because I, I thought he looked much faster than he usually does. Because I expected him to be the slower striker against Kai Gar France. And I don't think that was the case. Yeah, the food in St. Louis or in Missouri is definitely worse than in Mexico. I, I will give it that, right? So maybe that's the case. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he's just eating... Uh, stupid more, American food, not delicious yeah, what, Mexican what, food. What is what? Is, what's the what's the big food in St. Louis? I don't even know. I have no big, idea. Probably barbecue want, something, right? Yeah, St. Louis probably. barbecue a thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's okay. So anyhow, um, Kaikara France, uh, he, he looked all right. Like he looked fine, but yeah, else, a, a different level. So, well, we, it, it it was it was a worthy a swing. Um, 
it would have been a big hit too. It was what plus one seventy or something like that. We yeah, had him on, I think. So. And, and back to my original point, I had he was up on the judges' scorecards or at least one of them. Yeah. And uh, like looked to be rolling. So like I I don't mind a play where the guy was doing the thing that I thought was going to get him to win and takes you know a very tough liver shot. Um, you know that's that's just uh, it's a little bit of a bad beat. Yep. And then I lost uh, my other underdog. Dan lost in his as well. Sergey Pavlovich TKO punches. 55 seconds in the first round over Derek Lewis. Yes, it was a, in hindsight, in hindsight, I'll say it was a early stoppage, but I've, I've mentioned uh, my opinions on early stoppages in the past on this show. It basically is just um, the fight would have ended a few seconds later. Anyhow, more often than not, because um, the fighter um, in the advantage would have just swarmed the guy and, and laid him out even worse if the fight hadn't been stopped. You, you can't really, especially heavyweights, it's not really a good idea to, to drop face down to the canvas after a, getting a barrage of strikes and, and thinking the fight's not going to get stopped. So even if your name is Derek Lewis. Yeah. And, and I think we all give Derek Lewis a little bit more leeway because he has recovered from so many of, you know, like yeah. big shots before and he's got power even after he's been stung. So it's like, it sucked to see it. end like that, I do think he was with it enough that he probably could have worked his way out of it. But you know, like it, it, it like you said, it is what it is. They're, they're, they're good that you know Dan, it was Dan Mergliata, right? Dan Mergliata is a good good referee. It, it was a bad it was a bad look, so he had to stop it when he did. Um, so yeah, uh, unfortunate though because you know, do, do you feel really good about Pavlovich now? No. Do you think do you think he's like not, a freaking no, world leader? Really. Yeah, like not yet. I, I'm not gonna, at that stage yet. So he's gonna go up the rankings and probably be fighting a a surreal gain next, or you know, like somebody yeah, well, in that or Curtis. Curtis Blades, him and Curtis Blades, maybe. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I, I don't think yeah. it would. I think he'd get his head bounced off. The I know. Hopefully, like hopefully it's good odds for Blades for us. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking that that aspect. Maybe we make some money off that. So we whiffed on that. We did not whiff on the next one. Uh, I was talking about the best flyweights in the world. This man could be the the uncrowned flyweight king in the world. Alejandra Pantoja submission neck crank over Alex Perez. Minute 31 in the fight. If you didn't see the fight, he basically he being Pantoja swarmed Perez right from the get-go backpacked him standing and then neck cranked him standing and, and won the fight and won us uh minus 175 money. Yeah. I know. I think a whole bunch of people in the discord too had yep. the submission prop, which was anywhere from right. plus 300 to plus 450, which in retrospect seems dude, that's a just steal. such a, it's a wild move. Um, yeah. He, I mean, he looked great. And I, I do, you know, I think I put it on my Twitter. I think Alexandre Pantoja is the best flyweight in the world. I, yeah. I think he, I think he'd beat Moreno. I mean, he did beat Moreno once, and I think he'd beat uh, Figueredo. Hey, did you hear the? Um, this is this is a pre-fight note. Did you yeah. hear his one-liner from from the press yeah, conference? It was something about having kids or something like oh, that. Wasn't it was the it? best. It was the best. So they, they asked him about whether or not he felt felt slighted by not being in a title fight when yeah. the title fight on the night is two people he's beaten. He said. No, I'm a proud father, and this is great for my kids. <laughs> and just said it like completely deadpan, and it was like the only question anybody asked to Pantoja all the whole press conference. Yeah, he he low key has has some personality, and he's a damn exciting fighter. So, um, it's kind of sucks though the way flight division is is laid itself out right now. Um, it, it depends if Figueroa is going to be out for a while, then then maybe it, it'll work out well, and Pantoja can can fight Moreno, but. If it's going to be Reno and um, and Figueredo part four, then Petosha's out in the cold. 
Yeah, and the, when the way that Figueredo came into the cage afterwards and was there with his title and uh, yeah, you uh, think he's ready. yeah, the in in Moreno said something about we'll run it in December and it seemed like it was almost already agreed to. Um, also, shout out to Davison Figueredo for wearing uh, a sweater with the logo off of uh, the cologne bottle from from Anchorman, the Black Panther. <laughs> like I'm pretty Real? sure, I didn't yeah, see that, it, dude. It, you're gonna have to Google it because I'm pretty sure it was the logo from from the bottle of Black Panther from from Anchorman. But I, I don't think he knows it was, but it, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that means December too. Pantosha's definitely out in the cold. So who uh, what are we doing with Pantosha then? Man, maybe Kakara France. Yeah. Like I know it seems dumb and he's already beat him once, but like what what other options does he have at this point, right? Like I mean hmm. Askar Askarov. Yep. Manel Cape. Yeah. Rush him um, up. Ooh, yeah, but like, what? A, He's already beaten him, actually. Sorry, he already beat him. Uh, oh, and that really lackluster one, right? Yeah. 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 Um, That's the thing. Flyweight's not deep enough yet. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, I guess you could rush, but the problem is, is like, you could rush somebody up to fight him, but like, dude, how effed up is it that you're gonna do that to a guy who like? looks like he's better than the champs you're gonna ask him to fight like an up-and-comer and defend his spot I get, you know like I, I mean i guess he could fight somebody like matthews nicolau or i mean matt schnell's coming off of a big win and he would yep. just absolutely tool on matt schnell uh, I, yeah i don't know it, it's hard to say like what pantoja should do next but my goodness he's i mean he's steamrolling people for the children dan so whatever's best for the children <laughs> he should do yeah, what's best he's for the children all right I'm typing that in because that may be the title of this episode. We'll see if anything else funny comes out of one of our lips before then. All right. And then we start things off with our, our favorite fighter. Um, I, I'm starting to like him even less. <laughs> less. I, I think you're rubbing off on me here. Uh, Magabed Ankalaev, TKO punches Anthony Smith, 309 in the second round after Smith apparently injured his leg and kind of was uh, a wounded warrior at that point. Um, but uh, he wasn't winning the fight uh, to begin with. So, um, yeah, I'm still not super impressed with Ankalaev despite him actually probably getting the biggest win of his career at this point but um whatever well we got him for big money though unfortunately big number yeah yeah it's not it's what and I feel like we've been saying this a lot over the last few weeks it's one of those wins that doesn't feel like it does anything for him he was expected to win I mean he looked good enough he was winning but like also like beat up a guy who seemed to have hurt himself maybe um yeah yeah I I don't yeah, it's hard to say where he got hurt. In uh, yeah, he didn't he didn't look great. So um, yeah, what whatever. Book him against somebody next. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Book him against somebody next. Uh, if actually if Ankalaev like w- fights like that and goes for the kill more often, then then I'm all for it. But uh, doesn't seem to be the the thing he he isn't always always doing. So put anyhow, him in with Vulcan uh, Ozdemir. He fought sure. boring as hell last time too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was the main card. I hit three dan hit three we uh neither of us made any money off of that so oh, actually did we make money off it no because we missed two so um so we lost money on there don't worry there's more losing money uh, coming up um after i tell you about our friends at dave speaking of money and losing money if if you are in a rough shape after last night as well Dave may be the place for you. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now Dave can help you out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. 
That's more money to fill your tank by wedding gift or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. It's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 in, in, instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member of FDIC. Future, you will thank you. All right. Um, our past us was not very good for present us um, with their picks last night. Semi the Jedi, uh, Matthew Semmel's burger. Dan was talking about how he was bigger and longer and stronger and harder and a whole bunch of provocative words in the uh, Discord, but it did not come to pass. Um, Alex Moreno looked very, very good. Someone's burger uh, used the force in the third round, but it was too late by then. 29-28-29-28-30-27, despite he didn't even win the last round on the one judge's scorecard, despite using the force. Yeah, that he was had, a to use weird... the, had to use the force because his he only had one eye at that point. That was a weird judge's scorecard. He definitely won that third. Um... We had a, we had a bunch. Sorry to interrupt, but we, we did have... Texas was doing the Texas, Texas was Texas scorecards. It, it didn't end up biting us like every, all the right people won, but there was some very questionable cards. I thought we were going to get bit on in the end. Sorry, go there's, ahead. There, there's one I'll excuse a little bit, which we'll talk about in a bit, but yes, that one was weird. Morano just looked fast. Uh, yeah. uh, this is another one of guys who, whose hand speed and footwork suddenly surprised me. Not that him or Moreno are ever particularly slow, but both looked like they had made huge leaps uh, in between their last fight and now. So, you know, good for Morano. Morano, like, that that dude is low-key, put together such an impressive career. He's not won four in a row. Um, and granted, not against, like, the best level of competition, but, like, four in a row now with a win over Semmelsberger is, like, man, he, he's putting shit together. Yep. He was uh, – I was considering picking him, and then the the, uh, the chalks in me uh, got the best of me, and I – I went with Semmelsberger. So um, I'm glad I went with Drew Dober. Um, he pieced up Rafael Olives, who uh, he gassed out Dan. He must have a big muscles because he got tired. KO punched to the body, round three, minute 30. And uh, Alves was very fun up to that point in uh, in spurts when he had the energy. But uh, Dober, Dober pretty much was, wasn't as fancy as Alves, but pieced him up nonetheless yeah I, I don't i don't think he pieced him up he was losing that decision if i'm not mistaken uh, oh yeah he, he at least badly lost the first round the first round went to all of us if i'm i'm gonna get the hang on i'm gonna get the scorecards for sure but uh i i, I thought uh all of us was looking really good um and was like putting things together quite well and then just to see again another body shot kind of took him out of there he was really elusive too that's the thing that was uh yeah. most impressive about him is he seemed to just be like literally avoiding everything that that uh that he dover was throwing yeah all this won the first round on two out of three judges scorecards uh he did not win the second round so yeah it was it was all tied up going into that third um and, and i thought you know with the the way he, when he turned it up, he was clearly winning fights. So uh, it was it was weird to see him turn it down, especially because he didn't look tired and we've seen him go deeper. But, um, you know, pro props to, to Drew Dober, who continues to be like one of the tougher dudes out there. Uh, Dober was, it wasn't just, uh, I don't think that was just one body shot that did him in because he was working the body um, throughout the fight too. So um, I, I think it tired out Aves plus, uh, who knows, um, he was he was hitting him with leg kicks 
to the body. So perhaps that softened him up for the fatal blow. But I'll take it. I will take it. Um, next fight, we whiffed on, but it's heavyweight, so whatever's going to happen. Hamdi Abdul Wahab looked much improved. Uh, still didn't look amazing, but looked much improved from from the clips I saw of him. Beat Dontel Mays, split decision, 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. Dontel Mays, bad fight brain. Yeah, I will say this, though. I, I This is one of the ones where I'll excuse the judge who gave it to Dontel Mays. I, I scored it for Adel Hawab as well, but, like, in that third round, Abdel Hawab had the takedowns and, like, lots of control time, but didn't do a ton on the mat. And then Mays hit him with some hard shit when he got back up. And granted, he did, wasn't up for very long. So I can see why a judge gave Mays the third round there. I, I don't think I would have, but, like, I definitely see a path there. I, I think this is one of those cases where, like, Abdel Hawab is just going to get smoked by anybody with the slightest bit of wrestling defense. Yeah, hopefully he... like. He, do you not agree he looked better? At least from what I saw of his past fights, he seemed to look better. Not he, as like wild with the with the striking, at least. He did. His right hand is, and is still like a little bit like just kind of. He, he doesn't throw any strikes very tightly, um, no. and that that's why like at heavyweight, I think he's toast. Right, he's a shorter guy who overextends himself on punches. Um, and yeah. tries to use like big swoopy punches to try to get in on takedowns and like. That that doesn't work. Uh, you just get knocked out at heavyweight because big dudes knock you yep. out. Um, and Dante Mays almost did that anyway. Like if he yep. didn't rush in and wind up in a clinch, he probably would have. That's the thing. That's what I complain about. It happens too often with fighters. They they rush in and like if if you're having success from range, then why would you rush in? <laughs> Stay at range and piece the guy up. Especially when his his eye was uh, Hamdi's eye was uh, obviously compromised. Um, if he had been a bit more patient and, and fought smarter, it seemed like he, he could have put him away. Actually, he, he probably was too patient at that point, but I just mean, if he, if he'd kept striking at range, he probably could have put him away, but nonetheless, uh, it didn't happen and we lost, but, um, people have been cur- are cursing Dante Mays in the slack because of that. And then in the opener, Drakkar close or closer, he, he came through for us over, uh, Rafa Garcia, 29, 28, 29, 28, 29, 28, closer continues to roll. We had about minus 230. Yeah, I mean, n- not much to say about this one other than he looked as good as I thought he would. Uh, Rafa got a little bit uh, working with like a surprise takedown in the second. But yeah. apart from that, yeah. like uh, apart from that, that like kind of, you know, well-timed takedown that got him some top control time, like pretty much what I expected. Right. Yep. 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 And then in the early prelims, Michael Spider-Man Morales came through for us. Uh, Adam forget about it was was tough. Uh, definitely the game, definitely um, kind of uh, interesting uh, striking style, uh, kind of herky-jerky, does weird things with his head. Uh, Want to see him fight again in the UFC because he definitely was game, but Morales is just too good and too young and too big at this point. TKO punches 109 into the third round. So I, I pulled up the judges' scorecards. Did you know Morales lost the first round? Really? Yeah. They All gave of them the, said that? Two, two out of three gave it to him. Wow. Uh, two out of three gave it a Fugit. Or a Fugit. So... Uh, yeah, like he, that, that dude clearly has got a future in the UFC. It's, it's too bad his debut had to be against Michael Morales, a guy who is as tough as he is and is as good as he is. But like, yeah. it's also worth noting, too, that like not a lot of people who take short notice debuts are like already prepared physically that they can actually make their real weight class. Because that yeah. Fugit did that. Like Fugit made yeah. 170 and that's where he usually fights. So I, I think that probably had something to do with how good he looked, 
But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, like he d- did a lot for his stock in that fight. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, so we have Morales. That, what, that was the biggest favorite of the night, I believe. Minus 600, yes. We had Jocelyn Edwards, minus 130. That was before she missed weight. Luckily, we made our picks before that because I, I probably would have gone off that pick because this fight was kind of a toss-up to game with for me. But um, Edwards came in overweight, and it didn't matter. Um, the overweight stat that I like to um, spit out all the time did not come into play last night. Both fighters that came in overweight won their fights, including Jocelyn Edwards over G Young Kim. She was just too big and too long for her. Uh, leg kicks uh, were basically the name of the game for her. Split decision, though, 28, 29, 29, 28, 30, 27. Who the hell is giving G Young yeah. Kim that first round? That's uh, a Jong, I think, in, in the uh, chat was doing it. It's such a bad scorecard. Like, yep. you, it, she, it, I don't think she won any rounds personally. I, th- no. I think I gave it 30, 27 to Edwards, but like, I can see how you give Kim the second. Like if you want to give her the second, okay, give her the second. She didn't win the first. She's she better than the second than the first. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. But like she didn't win. So yep. uh, yeah. Uh, um, pr- pretty, uh, pretty bad performance for her, but that's kind of what you'd expect for somebody going up to 135 pounds to fight a woman who's already too big for 135 pounds. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what three straight losses for Kim or something like that. Maybe four, 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 I think. Four, yeah. And, and and not and, not against great opponents either. No. Like like the Molly McCann is good, but then like Priscilla Cachoeira and and Jocelyn Edwards. E. One win in her last five fights, and that's Nadia Kasim. Who dat is, is uh, what brings and she missed weight she, in that fight as well. She's she's that Australian lass who goes by the fight nickname uh um yeah i think it's 187 is her fight nickname do you know why 187 um one one because she murders people yeah it's the it's the police yes. code for murder yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I, I i listened to a uh a lot of rap growing up so i know these things <laughs> um yeah so kim's probably bye-bye i think she's yeah. the only one we've we've fired so far i don't i don't think anybody else is going to get fired at this point um she um, will i mean Don- maybe one of the Maybe Dante Mays' record oh, doesn't yeah. look great. I know he, he had won two in a row and he looked pretty good against Josh Parisian, but he didn't look good when he beat Roque Martinez. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, all right, I think I've had enough of Dante, the Dante Mays experience. But uh, yeah, like she's the only one other than that. Yep. This is the podcast where we fire people for uh, on behalf of the UFC because they don't want to be the bad guy. Um, light heavyweights, Nikolai Nagumaranu was the bad guy for us. Um, he beat um, Ihor Pachera, uh, TKO punches and knees, 333 into the second round. He dominated the whole fight, um, made Ihor into the sad donkey that he is. You you want to uh, you want to talk about somebody getting tired in a fight? Talk about this mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, because he he looked tired. He he like yeah. looked like he did like had a terrible weight cut or something. And it's funny because like. The broadcast barely mentioned that he looked tired in there. They mentioned once that he was breathing with his mouth open and they, they talked like 82 times about how like Amanda Nunes looked tired or something like that. And I was like, come on, like she doesn't. <laughs> yep. Put, put, put so there, yeah, that's, I did. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, Nikolai is what? Three straight fights or four, four straight wins, three or four straight wins now. So he's, uh, it's light heavyweight. So, Hey, you never know. We could have a contender here. Um, Orion Koske missed weight. Luckily, we I stuck with him. Uh, Dan had the other side of this one, Blood Diamond. And Orion Koske beat him 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Um, 
Blood Diamond, aka Mike Mathitha, is not UFC caliber at this point. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably true. But man, he was—I mean, he was just defending one takedown away from beating Orion Koske. So if you're saying that, you—it's a pretty condemning view of Orion Koske too. Um, it is because because yeah, like I mean, he he pieced him up. In but the yeah, second. it's like Diamond. Like, yep. When he got his chance chance to kickbox, he kickboxed. So maybe he should go back to kick, kickboxing because now he's three and two. Like three and two fighters should not be in the UFC. Yeah, unless I, I they're don't like just... unless they're like world beaters in in some other sport. I know he's good at kickboxing, but he's not like a a world renowned champion in in another sport. So he probably I, I know he's friends with Izzy and all, all the uh, um, city kickboxing people, but yeah, he, he needs more seasoning. I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's like a different animal than like. Carlos Alberg, who who's at yeah. uh because because Carlos Alberg's kind of the same boat, right? He came to the UFC at like two and zero or yeah. something like that. But the difference with Carlos Alberg too is he's at a weight where you can sort of like get away with being kind of one dimensional, yeah. right? Like light heavyweights can get away with being one dimensional. We we just watched Nikolay Nogumaranu win a fight. So uh, but like you can't do that at fifty five. There's just no leeway. Watch weight, but still, yes, no uh, leeway there either. So yeah. <laughs> Um, so I won eight and five. I lost 144 bucks. Dan went six and seven, lost 453 bucks. Uh, I'm still at 67% on the year. I'm still up 1200 bucks, 4% return on investment. So I'm still doing okay. Dan, 58%. He dropped a percent there. Uh, down 2000 bucks. And he's going to tell you there's still time. There's still time. All you need is five, uh, four weeks of, or four or five weeks of what you did last night uh, on the other side. You have to win about 500 bucks a week for four weeks and you're in. You're good. I, you can, I can do, do that. I can do that. Yep. Recommended plays. Dan did much better. Two and two. He had close. Say he had Pantoja. He whiffed on KKF, Kaikara France. He whiffed on Alves. So two and two up five bucks, five, five twenty two to be exact. He's at 48% on his recommended plays. He's down 150 bucks though. Me, I went three and oh again. I, I, I figured this out. Just take big favorites. They weren't all huge favorites, but I had close. Say Pantoja and Morales. 136.85. So on the year, I am at 62%, 166 bucks up, 7% return on investment. So I'm I'm making some hay with my recommended plays, but yet Dan is still the god, and I I am a mere mortal. Um, <laughs> whiffed on we he also whiffed on the super fan uh, hungry man Jong super fan parlay, KKF via KO did not happen. Potier versus uh, via KO did not happen. They didn't even win. So. I should I should have stuck with how I was feeling about Pantoja submissions. Yes, you should have. You should have. So anyhow, that that puts that event to bed. But the UFC rolls on, of course. Uh, And we've got another fight night coming up this Saturday. We actually do have a week off in a few weeks, but uh, not this week. We've got UFC and ESPN Santos versus Hill. Tiago Santos is their go to guy for for main events. I think um i looked at this the other night i think he's main evented six events in the past um since 2018 i think he's headlined six events it's pretty wild yeah that's this crazy. will be a six this will be a six event yes yeah so he's nice. their go-to guy win or lose he's coming off a loss but he's lost three of his last four yet he's still main eventing events so um this one's back at the ufc apex tiago santos will be fighting jamal don't call me jamahal hill um Coming event's pretty decent uh, fight, if I do say so myself. Vicente, Vicente Luque versus Jeff Neal. Then we had a couple. We have two of the Ultimate Fighter uh, finale fights for Dan, because no one else watched it but Dan. Uh, 
Zach Pauga versus Mohamed Usman. You may recognize that last name. Um, and then that's for heavyweight and then women's flyweight, Brogan Walker versus Juliana Miller. Um, heavyweights, Augusto Sakai versus Sergei Spivak. Ariana Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachuera. That rounds out the main card. And then the prelim, Sam Halvey is back versus Mikhail Olechiechuk. <laughs> Did I say it right that time? Not even close. You also Olechiech. got Pounga wrong, too. Um, oh, it's, it's Pounga? It's Pounga. Pounga. There's, there's like the N sound in it. Interesting. It's got like a weird N sound to it, but yeah, Zach Paunga. And it's Ola Shejak. Oh, that's right. Ola Shejak, right. Um, Takashi Sato versus Brian Battle, um, which is good to see Brian Battle back at it. Terrence McKinney, that's good to see him fighting again too, Eric versus Eric Gonzalez. Jason Witt versus Josh Quinlan. Miranda Granger versus Corey McKenna. And then Myra Bueno Silva versus Stephanie Egger. Anything jump off the screen at you? I mean, I'm excited. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna tip my hand a little bit. I'm a big fan of how good Zach Pounga has looked. Um, so I'm excited oh, to okay. see what he looks like here. I also, um, I, I'm really excited to see Brian Battle fight somebody who is not on the Ultimate Fighter. Yep. Um, also, I don't, I don't know how much you guys have followed him on social media if you're, you're that type. But like, he looks so good physically. He's dropped down to welterweight from 185, and the dude is cut. He's like ripped in like a weird way that people are ripped, um, which is not expected if you remember seeing him look kind of doughy on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, but he is like a a very, very, very cut 170 now. So uh, that should be really interesting to see what he'll be like um, down a weight class. We shall see. Dan's checking out all the bods for us so, we, so he can let us know in advance who who's going to look hot come fight night. So good to see. <laughs> We should be out of here because we have another episode to get into your ears today. The uh, much ballyhooed Dana White Contender Series episode. So um, we'll bid you for all for that. That will be in your ears shortly after you listen to this one. Uh, until then, or actually even after then, SGPN MMA is the spot to go on Twitter. Jeff Fox writer is for me. He's Gumby Vreeland. Um, and the Discord, of course, sportsgamepodcast.com slash Discord. Take us home, Dan, unless there's more to say. No, I think you got it all. I'm Danny Gumby Vreeland. He's the venison Wayland Vixen, Jeff Fox. And we will see you uh, in a minute.